0: Immediately following the regular legislative session that ended, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick sat down with Sherry Sylvester with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. They had a conversation about this last session, about future sessions, about the legislature as a whole, about the things that were accomplished and the things that were left undone. And Dan Patrick was willing to actually be transparent about the way that we all know the Texas House functions. So let's go to this clip and see what he had to say.
1: I'm tired of the dysfunction of the House in passing legislation to us in a timely matter. And I'm tired of these points of orders that are called on good legislation like the virtual school bill. I'm tired of it. I have begged and pleaded with the House every session, send me your legislation sooner. This session, once again, we received 1,250 bills with about three, uh, three to three and a half weeks to go. 900 of those with two weeks to go. We can't hear them. It's, it's tough to find which ones are the good ones and the bad ones to pass. Secondly, on April 3rd, we had passed 121 bills. They had passed seven. They spent the entire month of March basically doing resolutions and going away for a long weekends. Nothing was done in March, even by the third week of March. I think they passed 80 bills. We were up to over 300. We had almost all of our 90% of everything that we voted out was to them by the end of mid to late April or the very first week of March of May. We got everything out. And here's the problem. They don't hear under their calendar Senate bills really to the last 10 days to two weeks. And because of the points of order and shoving, the Democrats have total control of the House chamber. Total control. So we're a Republican majority state and the rules of the House are set up to allow the minority to kill bills they don't like. And it's just dysfunctional. The points of order on conference committee reports, we've never seen it like that. I mean, they you can get a point of order because the bill analysis, Someone on the staff made a mistake and wrote the wrong word, misspelled something, got something out of order, and you killed the whole bill. People have worked, House members as well, and senators, have worked a year and a half before session. Various groups, Democrat and Republican, have worked on legislation. And it gets there after hours and hours and weeks and weeks of work, and someone says, oh, there's a word misspelled there. Send that back. The only reason the Texas Senate passes the conservative agenda that we do session after session after session is because in 2015, when I became lieutenant governor, the rules were changed to benefit the majority. People get frustrated if they elect you and you go and say, well, you know, the Democrats did this. They chubbed this bill. I mean, you shouldn't be able to get up for 10 minutes and talk about artwork in Italy to kill a bill. That's not what the people expect from us. So I've said to members over there, change the rules. Give yourselves a fighting chance of the majority. Now in the Senate, people say, well, when we change the rules on the blockable, we're going to run over the Democrats. I think every session we pass seven, hundred, nine hundred bills, every session, and usually less than 25 are partisan bills. Everything else is bipartisan, bipartisan. 99% in the house. We don't, I had maybe five points of order in a year. They have that over there on a bill. You can't function. And and it breaks my heart to see good legislation killed because of that. So if the house doesn't change the chugging rules, uh, if they don't move up their clock, if they don't go to work in March, uh, we're going to be in the same situation as we have been forever. When I talk to the veterans, and I'm now a veteran of 17 years, I guess. I've been around longer than most in the Senate. But those before me say it's been this way forever. And it needs to change. So if that sounds like I'm being critical, I am being critical because it's killing bills that people want us to pass.
0: Again, this clip has gone all over the place. It's been shared by a lot of grassroots groups. A lot of conservatives have talked about it legislators have seen it. And and the reason that some on the House side were a little surprised is because they're just not used to these people that are in positions of authority calling out all of their broken dysfunctional tactics. And they hide behind these tactics all the time. Well, it's so sad that the Democrats killed this bill. You'll see leadership talk about this all the time. Man, very disappointing that Democrats decided to kill this bill. They'll give Democrats credit for the points of order. They'll give Democrats credit for their chubbing. They'll blame the minority party. When, as Dan Patrick rightfully articulated, these things are things that are allowed to occur under a majority-run body that has to let the minority do this. They have to literally say, you Democrats are allowed to kill these bills. The detransition legislation that the Texas House killed House Republican leadership put that those bills that said, hey, if you're if you were massively abused and you're now in your mid 20s and trying to go back to your born, created, designed, assigned, beautifully given sex and gender that God gave you. If you're trying to go back to that after all these people have manipulated and screwed up your body, your insurance has to cover all of that. If they covered the destructive things to your body, they have to cover the restructive things. But that legislation died. Why? Because cal- the calendars committee said, put that stuff down. They literally say, give Democrats a path to chub it. That's what happens. These points of orders are insane. Derek Cohen, who also works at Texas Public Policy Foundation, had a tweet that he uh, issued, which I thought really exposed a lot of the the very strange rulings that came out in those last couple weeks of the Texas House of Representatives. House Bill 4390. When this point of order was ruled by the speaker, everyone was very confused. House Bill 4390, when it came to the Texas House floor, established apprenticeship programs in various different industries. And some lobbyists and some other people worked hard and got a carve out for the construction industry that this bill did not apply to the construction industry, okay? And so then it went over to the Texas Senate. And in the Texas Senate, they said, no, we're putting the construction industry back in the bill. So they basically restore the bill to the way the bill showed up to the Texas House floor. It comes back from the Senate, and Chris Turner, the former chair of the Democrat caucus, says, I'm calling a point of order because as changed This bill now establishes a new class of people. And that was sustained. And what I mean when I say that was sustained, for those of you who don't know ledge speak, is that the Speaker of the House said, yes, you are not allowed to do that. Not that you're not allowed to do it in this bill, you're never allowed to do that. According to that ruling, if you take any bill on the house floor as it is and you carve out a special group of people and say they don't apply to this bill and then the Texas Senate disagrees and says no we're going to restore it to just applying to all of these various different people you that is according to the speaker of the Texas House not something that the legislature can ever do they can never vote on it it's silly it's absurd And that is one of many examples of how they've empowered the Democrats to do these things. There's one other clip I think is worth going to, and it's just another short excerpt from this conversation. So let's go to this clip and then we'll continue this conversation.
1: When I was a Senator and the blocker bill used to be 21, and we never had more than 20 Republicans, meaning the Democrats could block any bill. We would have to go up to the Democrats, even though it was 20 to 11. We'd have to go up to the Democrats and say, "Uh, can we pass our bill today? Because bills were on the list. I mean, we're in the majority, 2011. Can we pass our bill today? So what was a practice became abused. And I believe in the House now, what was a practice, bipartisanship, has been abused. And if the Republicans continue to let themselves and leadership lets the Democrats run the House, this is going to have to change. Because once we change the blocker bill where we said you can't block us, come join us and help us, that's why we have bipartisanship on all these bills. They bring amendments. They say, yeah, you know, how about this idea, that idea? We like, to, we like to get bipartisan legislation. It's stronger to send it to the House. But for most of the last two weeks, I think Joe Moody and and she and Trey Martinez-Fisher were running the House, not the Speaker. So yeah, I'm fed up about it. It's time to call it out.
0: That's not what the people expect. I think one of the points that the Lieutenant Governor made very well was the fact that the Texas Senate does indeed pass, I mean, a thousand different bills out in the legislative session. And this is important for us as conservative grassroots to also remind our legislators. You'll go to them during the interim and say, hey, why was this not done and this not done and this not done? And their response is, oh, well, you know, it's hard to get to everything. And here's the truth. It's not hard to get to about a thousand to 2,000 different bills because the legislature does every session. And what conservatives, what Republicans, what the Republican Party of Texas has said is, hey, while you're passing a thousand bills, can you make sure these several dozen things are done? That's all. In the midst of doing these things, can a couple dozen of them be these good policies? And the Senate, more often than not, says yes to most of those. That doesn't mean they say yes to everything. That doesn't mean the Senate is unimpeachable, that they have never made any problems, that they're always good on all the issues. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that the vast majority of the time, the Texas Senate looks at this list and says, how much of this can we do? And the Texas House is kind of the opposite. They say, how little of that can we do And then they should be grateful for any of it that we do because it's really hard to do the stuff that you need us to do. It's not hard for us to pass a thousand bills in this chamber, but it's really, really hard for us to do those several dozen policies that you want us to accomplish. So all we're talking about when it comes to a culture shift, an operational change is saying, hey, The good Republican bills, let's say 50 of the thousand, need to happen. And if they don't, it's because Republicans didn't want them to happen. Not because Democrats killed it. So I'm grateful that the lieutenant governor has been willing to step up and call some of these shenanigans out. I want to also talk about the fact that we are going to have special sessions going on throughout the summer. The the governor has said this. He's basically said, I'm going to call the legislature back for many special sessions. And I want to talk about some of the different things for us to be aware of as we head into the summer, Um, but we'll get to that when we come back. Citizens should dominate the conversations around culture and government. And to do that, we need to be informed. That's why Texas Scorecard exists, putting the news in context. We cover the stories that matter to you, the ones that you talk about around the kitchen table, not those dictated by politicians or coastal elites. Our mission is to help citizens move from media consumers to cultural and political influencers, the issues you care about, covered by people who share your values. Texas Scorecard, real news for real Texas. The governor has said he is going to call many special sessions, okay? And his reasoning behind this is probably a couple fold. Let me first talk about the unfortunate part of this um, or the indictment on the Texas House that this is. Basically, the governor is saying, hey, you can't really trust the Texas House to do much more than one or two things. They clearly, as we have just seen, can't really walk and chew gum at the same time. They pass a thousand bills and then when they kill... The bill to ban China land ownership. They're like, well, look, we, we were really busy. We were busy trying to legalize casinos across the state of Texas and give Democrats millions of dollars more in campaign contributions every year. Sorry. Didn't have time. So the governor's saying, hey, when you call these guys back, you kind of have to treat the Texas house like children. Like, I can just give you one or two things. Hey, God, hey, can you take care of this? It's like my, my child when they're cleaning up their room, right? You can't just tell your kid, hey, go in and clean up your room. You have to literally say, Emmy, we need to clean up your room. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Take all the blocks and put them in this box. And then she does that. And then she's five and she comes back and says, I put all the blocks away. Great, now we come back in, I put the box away. And then I say, okay, great, you did a good job. Thank you so much. Now I want you to pick up all of your dress up and I want you to put it in this bin. And then we're gonna put that up there. Okay, dad, and she does it. She comes back out. Hey, I put the dress up away. And then we keep doing that. And after four or five times, the room is clean. And that's basically the way the governor has decided he has to work with the Texas House of Representatives. It's like, hey, can you do these two things? Oh, good job, guys. Way to go. Now I'm going to bring you back and you need to do these two other things. So that's kind of strange, but we're going to have these special sessions throughout. In his first special session he called, he tried to write the legislation in his special session call. And this is something that the Texas Senate has taken issue with and they are right to do so. And let me explain why. So what the governor did is instead of saying, I'm calling you back for a special session to deal with property tax relief and border security issues. He called the Senate and the House back for a special session, which, by the way, the governor is the only one who can bring people back for a special session. He gets to decide. And then he gets to decide what the special session is about. So if he doesn't put anything regarding border security on the special session, you can't deal with anything on border security. If he doesn't say property tax relief is an issue I want to address in the the special session, you can't file 18 property tax bills and pass all these property tax bills. He gets to decide the topics. But what he decided he wanted to do was also literally almost write the policy. And so he wrote in, I want a special session solely for the purpose of, insert issue, for property tax relief and for his specific border bill he wanted passed. And all it did was increase the criminal penalty for bringing, basically like for human trafficking, taking these people and crossing the border illegally, stuff like that. Now. Here's the issue with that. The governor is not the legislature. And he, though he does have the authority to bring them back for special sessions on and choose the topics that are addressed, he doesn't get to write the bills. Now, the reason he did this is because the Senate and the House have been disagreeing on how to deliver property tax relief and reform to Texans. And there have been various disagreements on this issue. So the governor didn't want to pick sides. He didn't want to side with Dade Phelan and say, I want appraisal caps and I want X, Y, and Z. He didn't want to side with Dan Patrick and say, I want homestead exemptions for homeowners and more of the property tax relief to be focused on homeowners than every single building out there. So he said, hey, the one thing that they both do support is property tax compression And so I'm going to write a special session call that says they can't do anything but compression. And this was his goal of continuing to kind of be in a Switzerland-esque position. Now, Dade Phelan liked that because Dade Phelan said, hey, as long as it's not Dan Patrick's plan, I'm good with it. Because Dade Phelan just can't stand Dan Patrick. I mean, listen to what Dan just said. Of course he can't stand Dan Patrick. So he's going, anything that's not Dan Patrick's plan, I'm on board with. But what Dan Patrick has said is, hey, you pick the topics, governor. That's totally within your purview. We can't even come back and address this issue if you don't call us back for a special session. But that being said, we as the legislative bodies actually get to pass legislative solutions and debate with each other as House and Senate what we're going to do. That's what the legislative process is. That's how it works. And it's important to establish this, not only for the first special session, but for all of these subsequent special sessions that the governor is going to call. Cause he's gonna call them back. This is how you have to deal with the Texas house. Like the five year old cleaning the room, put your blocks together, put them away. Now let's do dress up. So he's gonna literally call them back. But what I think Dan Patrick sees and knows is that it's not going to be in the best interest of Texans if the governor can literally basically write a bill in his special session call. He is allowed to bring back a topic and let the legislative process play itself out. So we're gonna have to see what happens because the Texas House just came in, gaveled in, gaveled out. One day they went home and they did so to basically say, you know, screw the Texas Senate and they can figure out what they wanna do. They can pass our bills as they are or we're coming back again, I guess, for another special session. It's kind of silly, but honestly, it's the type of childish behavior you expect from a chamber that acts like the five-year-old trying to clean their room. So none of this is surprising, but it's important to understand one of the main points of contention right now, which is, does the governor get to write the bills within the special session call? Those are the things that are getting figured out right now. Those are the battles that are going on. We don't even know with this first special session with the Texas House leaving, if anything's gonna happen, what the Senate's going to do. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they pass maybe the bill that the House passed um, regarding the human trafficking border issue and then property taxes just doesn't get addressed and the governor has to call a second special session to actually get to the bottom and address this issue. So we will let you know what happens. We will keep you updated all along the way. Thank you for following along with what we're doing. May God bless you, and may God bless the great state of Texas.
1: Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in
0: Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.